Welcome to From the Booth, a podcast where we talk about the film streaming at BYU's International Cinema. It is December 2020, and we have completed our fall International Cinema schedule. On today's program, we will discuss some of the experiences and the films that made International Cinema unique during this time of global pandemic. I'm Doug Weatherford, co-director of International Cinema, and I am joined today by fellow IC co-director Mark Yamada. Hi, Mark. Hello. And IC assistant director Marilor Oscarson. Hello, Marilor. Hi. So today we want to begin perhaps to uh, talking just briefly about some of the challenges that we faced as an international cinema team to bring films to the IC audiences. And Marilor, maybe we can uh, begin with you to just uh, mention to our audience some of those challenges that we faced and maybe as well look ahead to what next semester is going to be like. Some of the challenges this year were that we had to create a new program, something that we had not done at IC before and move online. It felt like everybody was scrambling for a new way to share films with audience. And so some of the challenges were purely administrative and our relationship with our distributors and finding ways to just bring those films to to our campus. We use the website way more than before, and we have to thank our student, Megan Sharp, for that. She did an excellent job. It felt like it was clear what people had to do to have access to the films, and we're very grateful for the innovative ways that she had to make this possible. Our team had to be flexible. All of a sudden, our projectionist um, had no job. And so we have Kate Ashman, Kelly McKendless, and Dewey Walter. They had to work in new administrative areas of IC, and we, we really appreciate their flexibility and how they made this semester possible. And looking ahead at winter 2021, I think it's going to be better because um, because we've learned how to program films in this new era. And so we're ready to offer more films. We're thinking of getting rid of the Encore Week, weekend, I should say, where usually we create a buzz around our program and there's a lot of energy and enthusiasm. But this is meant for in-person screenings. And since we're streaming, that buzz is kind of gone. And so we're, we're thinking of adding three I see best, kind of like looking at I see through history instead of picking like the best of fall 2021. Well, what have been your challenges yourself with like different, um, the, your different roles at I see? Yeah, I mean, you said, Mahilo, that, you know, we really had to kind of adjust this semester and it was a challenge. But I'm kind of proud of what we did. We, you know, I think we put forward not just a symbolic schedule, right? We didn't just survive. I think we had some really good series. We had some great speakers. Our, our faculty lecturers were really troopers. We asked them to come to present. You know, we, we changed the time and the format. And some people presented through, via Zoom. And, and But they still really presented in a very professional way and talked about really great issues like human trafficking and representations of war and criminal justice and horror and all the all the issues that you know we're used to talking about in our in our great faculty lectures. So I think we did a good job of kind of keeping things together. It was difficult. We we had to deal not only with kind of the the limitations in doing live screenings, but also the challenges of switching to streaming and new technology. But it's it's allowed us to maybe kind of think about the future and, and given us some some new options and opportunities. So it's been I think in some ways a challenge, but also in some ways an enabling challenge, right? This semester. 
And I might uh, add that for me, it was a particular challenge since I came on as a new uh, co-director of the program. Everything has been new to me, and then to do that in a difficult environment. But I agree with uh, both of you, especially Mark, when you say that I think that not only have we survived, but we've thrived. We all are looking forward to being together again in our uh, auditorium where we can show a live screenings of films. But I think that uh, we are proud at least of the way we've been able to meet challenges and are thankful to all of the individual student, uh, faculty, staff that have uh, helped us to be able to do that. So thank you to everybody who has been a part of international cinema this semester. As we move now to kind of examine some of the films and themes that I think really stood out during this semester, Mark, maybe we can begin with you if you want to just let us know what were some of the highlights that you saw in the International Cinema Program during Fall 20. Yeah, well, we had, you know, we were, like we mentioned, dealing with some series that were, you know, had to be cobbled together at the last minute. We would lose films and and had to kind of find new films to fit these different semester series that we normally plan. And we had some pretty good series that we were able to put forward. One that kind of stuck out in my mind that was a fun one. And I, you know, initially we, we planned it to be kind of a little bit of a, you know, a fun series. It was caught up in crime and crime, you know, heist films and these kind of films are, are ones that are generally more entertaining. But as I watched the films and, and listened to Daryl Lee, who presented on Caught Up in Crime and, and crime films, it really struck me the way that crime films talk about crime, but they're really kind of using crime to talk about other issues and particularly crime films, which are often dealing with marginalized elements and kind of the underbelly of society, are often dealing with the way in which we examine or the way in which we treat or represent those who do not conform to kind of normative standards of society. And, And I think that was a little bit of a theme that was reoccurring in some of the films that we showed. Lucky Grandma was a an uh, entertaining film about a Chinese woman who faces off with a mob in New York's Chinatown, but was really a film about aging with dignity, with in some ways how we represent the elderly in film, which is often kind of a, a group, a demographic that that is often stereotyped or, or kind of not really treated with seriousness or depth. The Painter and the Thief was a, a really great film about a relationship between an artist and a, and a man who was struggling with drug addiction, about, a, a, you know, a man who was actually convicted of, of stealing um, this artist's paintings, but it's really about that complex relationship between the two, and really about the you know the film was about kind of the value and the worth of individuals, and um, in some ways dealing with some social issues in terms of drug treatment programs. And then The Vanishing uh, was another, in some ways, fun film that we showed about. It was kind of a kidnapping thriller but an interesting comment on obsession of the obsession of kind of possessing things of people, but also the obsession of knowing what happens to, to people when they disappear. And and it's hard to not read maybe some themes of consumerism and, and um, even class tensions in a story about a man who, who bear, and and sorry, this is a a little bit of a spoiler here. You haven't seen the film yet but a, a story about a man who buries his victims in the yard of his country cottage that he shares with his family. And, and you know, this idea of having dinner over the graves of, the, of your victims who are kind of buried below was kind of an interesting kind of macabre uh, theme that, that came out of that. So some interesting ones. Let me just leave you with kind of a survey I do with um, the international cinema class that was going on this semester along with international cinema. 
I asked the students to to identify the best film according to four categories. One is technical achievement. Many people thought that a few films from our long take series, including Victoria, which is a very, in some ways, challenging film, but a film that students thought was really kind of technically proficient in, in its use of the long take Another category is thought-provoking inspirational films, Hiroshima Monomore and I Am Not Your Negro were kind of the top films in that category. And then entertaining films, Lucky Grandma and Parasite. And then I asked them to do kind of the wild card category, which is the, uh, the WTF film, What the Freak <laughs> film. And believe it or not, and this is kind of what struck me, maybe we can talk about this later, and you might actually talk about this, Doug, but Milk of Sorrow was a film that students, that really baffled students in in kind of a good way, but they just didn't know what to make of it. And so uh, maybe we can speak about that and kind of the reception of the film. But anyway, that is what I thought kind of stood out or, or things that I enjoyed and there are many more things. It was really an interesting semester, but those are some things that kind of stood out to me. Well, I'm thrilled that uh, students uh, were captivated by The Milk of Sorrow, because that is uh, one of my favorite films on this list, for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can talk about that. Uh, but before we do so, uh, why don't we let uh, Marilor as well uh, kind of respond to the same questions? What were some of the highlights of the semester for you? So looking back at women in our program this past semester... We had 30 films and documentaries. 17 of these were directed by women or written or co-written by women. So if we do the percentage, we're at 56.6%. And I just I just want to drum roll or something. We're, we've been working on, on gender parity in our programming. And I think that we have... Like we're above that. So this alternative perspective that women give in our program is very important. And we had great films on wartime and, and women's sufferings based on personal experiences of the of the filmmakers themselves. Fig Tree from Ethiopia, the about the childhood of the filmmaker in Addis Ababa during the Ethiopian Civil War. The Milk of Sorrow that I will let Doug talk more about, but I'm glad that students reacted about it. And I, and I really encourage our students when, when there's something like this that's like it doesn't resonate with them or it's just um, something that leaves them questioning that I hope there's a discussion behind the, the streaming. I hope that they get together with their classmates or whoever is there and really talk about, about these films, because it's true that at international cinema, we, we do not search to solely entertain. Like our, our goal is to educate. And so Milk of Sorrow is one of those films that will teach about wartime atrocities and how women are affected for generations. It is a powerful film written by, by a woman. Zena, another wartime film, actually, this is more like about motherhood during wartime, but as well, the effect of, of war on women as well, again, for generations past and how we can empower women, how we can give women agency as well to deal with that trauma. And that, again, is based on a personal experience by the filmmaker and her sister who were teenagers at the time. 
Papicha uh, from Algeria for me was the most colorful, filled with energy film, lots of movement and creativity. It is a drama, but in the end, I think it's very hopeful about this community and the strength that comes from this community of, of women. So for me, this was a very powerful film. A lot of social changes. And of course, the cave about this wonderful doctor who is underground with her hospital saving lives. Anyway, so th- that's something that I wanted to um, highlight in, in my review of the semester, the women and the social changes as well that were taught in our films, like Adam, about pregnancy in the society that does not accept pregnancy out of wedlock. Uh, these women went to prison and it, it, it changed a, a few years ago, but that was pretty difficult to be in that situation. The second mother in Brazil about social change, an experience there that is so true to what maids and nannies live. Anyway, so a few a few things, and I could go on actually, but I loved our, our films about women and by women. That's great. Uh, I have uh, loved all of the films that you guys have mentioned, and I'll mention a few of my own. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, what was my favorite technical film of the semester, and it was Victoria, and, and perhaps not because of the film itself, but just the incredible experience of watching a film done in one single long take was a lot of fun. My my favorite quirky film of the semester was definitely Lucky Grandma, which I think was a lot of fun, and that uh, if you haven't seen it, find a chance to do so. My favorite film that maybe would fall in the category of how on earth had I not seen this film before now was Hiroshima Mon Amor. And that has been on my 2C list for so many years, I can't even count. And I'm glad that we showed it and it forced me to really get in and see that film. And I watched it two times very carefully and it was a fun experience. My favorite socio-political films, perhaps, that taught me something new about the world were The Cave, about the Syrian civil war, Azena, about the Albanian civil war, and Santiago Italia. And even though I know a lot about the goings-on of Chile during the the coup d'etat that happened there that put Pinochet in power, the connection to those events to Italy was, I think, particularly interesting for me. But one of the things that I really liked about this semester was the importance of acting that really stood out in my mind. And when I teach intro to film classes, I spend very little time on acting. I just don't feel proficient in it. And I have very little time to add to what I already do. Uh, But I can tell you that I really enjoyed watching, in particular, three films uh, from an acting standpoint. One was Buoyancy that based a story around non-professional actors. And I just really thought that the acting played out really well in that film about human bondage of a young boy who is trapped in human bondage on a, a Thai fishing vessel. Then in perhaps another category is The Milk of Sorrow that we've already mentioned, which although Magali Solier, the protagonist, the female protagonist of that film, has become a professional actor. Uh, she was actually discovered by Claudia Josa, the female director, just by coincidence. And, and she had no acting experience whatsoever and has become just what I think is a tremendous actor. And if you watch her in The Milk of Sorrow, you'll see how powerfully she represents what uh, Marilor called the lasting effects of war violence on women. 
the professional actress that uh, most uh, sparked my imagination was uh, Regina Casse in The Second Mother. And, and I just watched that film in, in amazement at how strong her performance was. And we'll probably show another film with her in it, The Three Summers, uh, next semester. And I look forward to people being able to see that. And so those were all films that I particularly liked. I think that probably if I had to say which of these films is my favorite, I probably would come back to The Milk of Sorrow. And so even though it is a film that people will watch and and wonder sometimes at what's going on, there's a really serious connection to a political reality in Peru during the Shining Path terrorist organization years and then the years after that as a country divided by civil war tries to find redemption and unity. And although the film uh, is based upon a character who feels very uniquely the weight of the tragedy that she experienced, and especially her mother experienced, it is a film that uh, takes a very positive turn and suggests that perhaps hope and healing are possible in the wake of uh, extreme national trauma. And I really like that film for so many reasons. Yeah, it, let me Doug, let me just say really quickly that um, I think in some ways the students were baffled, but also in a good way. And I think films that stick with you, right, that are that are not forgettable or or not something that you want to forget, are ones that I think really have the most life, right? And they they keep you thinking and wondering and and trying to put things together. And so the films that kind of fit in that category, I've noticed in the last few years that I've kind of taken this poll, are the ones that are the I think the ones that students remember, right, over the course of their education here. Right. That's great. Um, Any other comments uh, about uh, last semester before we move on and perhaps uh, preview what's to come? I just want to say that international cinema will be back as good as ever, as strong as ever, as soon as we can. Hopefully fall 2021 is when we're going to make our triumphant return with everything that we've had before, T-shirts and fan cards and all the different you know things that we try to do each semester will be back better than ever. And thinking uh, towards next semester, I was hoping that uh, each of the of the three of us might uh, just uh, give a preview of perhaps a film or a theme or a filmmaker that's coming up that you would in particular like to point out for people to look for next semester. Uh, Marilor, maybe we can begin with you. Is there anything that you see coming up that you're really excited about? Yes. Okay, so everything is a big if right now because we're in the in the trenches. We're just talking to the distributors and everything. But if everything works out according to the schedule that we've been working hard on, we will have a music series. And there's a French film from 1964 from Jacques Demy, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, that I'm really looking forward to. Now, the ideal, honestly, would be to have an in-person screening of this film and students just dancing that's my vision in 250 of the Kimball Tower. But we'll be st- hopefully streaming it. It will work out. Jacques Demy is a very influential filmmaker. He passed away in 1990, so quite a, a, a while ago. But he's very much celebrated for his visual style, his colors, costumes, decors, all that production is, is very important. And he has influenced many modern filmmakers that our students will recognize. Damien Chazelle's La La Land is very much influenced by 
Jacques Demy. And we can see in La La Land an homage to Jacques Demy's earlier musicals. And, and actually, Damien Chazelle said that The Umbrellas of Cherbourg is the greatest movie of all times. So I hope that you will see resonances between those two musicals in the aesthetics and, and the style. Wes Anderson as well. If you are a fan of Wes Anderson, you will see the, the color palettes that are so important in his aesthetics are definitely already there in Jacques Demy's art. The film critics that Roger Herbert said on, on even Barry Jenkins' uh, Bill Street Could Talk that this film shares, and I'm quoting, a primary colored palette with Demi's film and captures the depth and expensiveness of life with the delicate interplay of music, color, and light. So um, yes, this is this is one title that I'm, I'm really looking forward to and, and many others actually. Great. And uh, Mark, uh, how about uh, you? What do you see coming yeah. forward that you're really excited about? Yeah, well, as Mahila mentioned, you know, things are still evolving and we're putting together the schedule here, but hopefully things will work out. And And one series that I'm, I'm looking forward to is on protest movements, which is something that is in our own kind of cultural consciousness right now over the, over the, you know, the summer and the fall here. And I like this theme because, one, we're dealing with a set of films here that are that are often kind of dealing with historical events and oftentimes protest movements, you know, they succeed and they, they kind of advance history, but sometimes they fail and sometimes they're forgotten. They become kind of forgotten parts of history and they, they show different dimensions of kind of our, our understanding of history. But with Denise Ho becoming the song is a, a Cantonese Hong Kong film about a Canto pop star who becomes an activist and a pro-democracy activist, a very kind of current with what's going on right now in Hong Kong. Uh, there's a film that I'm looking forward to showing called uh, Children of the Revolution, which is a film about uh, late 1960s, early 1970s kind of leftist radicalism in Germany and Japan. And really, in some ways, two movements that kind of failed, right? Because you have this kind of, in some ways, global capitalism, even neoliberalism that um, spread after that in the 70s and 80s. But it provides, and particularly in the case of Japan, a different view of Japan than we're normally used to seeing, a view of this unrest and this kind of political activism and resistance to some of the institutional um, effects of Japan's development during its economic growth. And so I'm interested in, in looking at and kind of seeing these films in the context of our own current condition of political, a little bit of political unrest and, and activism that's going on now. Great. Thank you. And uh, I would probably add uh, to the list that both of you give the theme of poets and poetry that we're looking at uh, finding films for. And at the moment, uh, it looks like we'll be able to get them. We have a South Korean film that's called Poetry that uh, looks at a protagonist who finds purpose through the discovery of, of poetry. The other two films I'm really excited about, one is Il Postino, a very popular a film. It's Italian, but it's a fictionalization of uh, the life of Pablo Neruda that uh, here on campus, I know there are quite a few of us who teach that film and it's always uh, a really you know fun experience. So I suggest that you look for that film. Uh, but the film that I'm most looking forward to in this series is one is a Swedish film by Roy Anderson called Songs from the Second Floor. And it's very unique. It's a strange film. It might uh, make it in that category of yours, Mark, at, uh, when, when students say, what on earth was that? <laughs> uh, it is, uh, in very in a very literal sense, um, 
literal and figurative, a, an adaptation of a poem by Peruvian poet uh, Cesar Vallejo. And it's about uh, suffering, individual suffering and angst. And the film is just uh, amazing and beautiful and, and driven by a, a visual uh, element, but also a written poetic element that I think uh, that an audience that is willing to see and feel uh, this particular film, that it'll be a lot of fun. So those are what uh, I'm perhaps most looking at, uh, looking forward to as well as a Norwegian a Swedish film called Breaking Surface, as a Spanish or Mexican film called Identifying Features uh, that I think is just outstanding that looks at some of the difficulties of a population trying to get to the United States. And then uh, I'm really excited as well about the classic film, All About Eve from 1950, uh, that if uh, you haven't had a chance to see yet, I think that that will be you know, the classic film that we're showing next semester that I believe is a must-see. Uh, but anyway, I, I think that you can tell that we have a really good program coming forward. Uh, as Mark suggests, we're coming back uh, bigger and better, even though we will still be streaming. And we look forward to the time when we'll be able to uh, show films again in 250 of the Kimball Tower. Mark and Marilor, thank you very much for being with us. Are there any uh, final comments you'd like to make before we close? No, just keep uh, streaming with us and look forward to better things in the future. Great. Marilor, thank you as well for joining us and for your perspectives. We definitely appreciate those. And I'll uh, go ahead and close uh, by saying thank you uh, to you, our audience, for joining us today on From the Booth. You can tune into our podcast that will begin again in January 2021 as BYU's International Cinema begins our winter semester schedule. We'll return with a variety of specialists to discuss the films that we will be streaming. As always, for information on IC, please visit our website at ic.byu.edu. Our podcast is produced by the International Cinema Program at Brigham Young University and is supported by the College of Humanities. We are solely responsible for the opinions and ideas expressed here, as they do not represent any official position adopted by the university or its supporting institutions. As always, we thank our producer, Dewey Walter, our sound engineer, Jojo Hickstrom Pratt, as well as the staff at the BYU Humanities Resource Center for their help and support. We would also like to acknowledge the musical talents of Professor Greg Stallings and his son Johnny, who are responsible for the great intro and outro music. Until next time, keep streaming.